Hello singles, I'm your host Robbie, and welcome to another Big Friday podcast. For this message, Brother John Sola will share the one thing you need to do to be successful. So everyone, here's our message. Good evening. Tonight, we brought in a special speaker, so allow me to introduce to him to you properly. Our speaker, John, serves as the CCF Beyond's Regional Coordinator for the entire CCF Middle East Satellites. Prior to him coming into full-time ministry, John was in KPMG Lower Gulf for more than 10 years as an audit manager and a subject matter expert in technology, media, and telecommunications industry in the United Arab Emirates. John is married to his wonderful wife, Hanil, who is also homeschooling, who's also homeschooling their two wonderful children, uh, Titus and Timothy. They all are based in Dubai, and currently they are going, and currently he is going to speak live from his place in Dubai, UAE. So without further ado, singles, let's all give a Mabuhay Singles Big Friday's welcome to our speaker for tonight, John Sola. Hi, Pastor Ikoy. Hi, everyone, singles. Thank you so much for giving me this wonderful opportunity and privilege to be to minister to you all and again good evening good afternoon wherever you are good morning good night whatever but i just want to thank you again again thank you so much you know um, singles are really close to my heart and we have many singles here in the middle east who are also active and following what big ministry is doing there in in the philippines so thank you for so much for all that you're doing and what a privilege. Again, paulit-ulit na. So I'm here and I'm excited to share with you the one thing to be successful. So let me share my screen. Yeah, all right. So are you ready? All right, let me just, again, have a short prayer. This is for me, for myself. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I pray that you will help me deliver this message so that I will be faithful in sharing your words and I'll be careful in, in handling your words properly, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So here's my question, first and foremost to you all. Why are we even talking about success when most of us are barely trying to survive this COVID-19 pandemic, which is causing a lot of disruption, right? Do you agree with me? And you just ended your series about work and many of us, of course, we are working because we want to be successful in our own field. Would you agree with me? I used to be an audit manager. Um, I started my career as a CPA, as an accountant with one of, an, one of the auditing firms in the Philippines. And when I started my work, bam, you know, my mind is, I want to be successful in whatever I'm doing. But now we have this pandemic and many of us are just, Lord, praying to God, Lord, help us overcome what we're going through right now. We have been affected um, in our health. Some of you may have been affected because of, in, in terms of your income, um, in terms of the security of your work, of your finances. And so this idea about success has suddenly, you know, we've forgotten about it. And the reason why I want to discuss about success it's because if we are followers of Christ, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, then we ought to be 
the most successful people in the world. Why? So that we can point people to Jesus. Again, I'm not talking about a, a stress-free or a problem-free life. We know better than that, right? But we want to talk about success because we want to point people to Jesus Christ. We want people to look at, us, look at our lives and ask the question, what is in you? So that I want to have it too, right? So, and in terms of success, Jack Dorsey said this, success is never accidental, meaning we need to be intentional about it. Everybody say intentional. Okay, so I could not hear you, but type down the comment box below, say intentional, be intentional, right? So in terms of the one thing, um, there's this book, right, by Gary Keller, and it's about a principle to be truly successful in anything, right? When you talk about a principle, a principle is something that applies to all of us, like the principle of what? Buoyancy, gravity, right? If we are able to know this principle and use it to our own level and leverage it to leverage it to our own advantage, then it will be an amazing, it will do wonderful things for us, right? So uh, according to this book, the one thing principle is a surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results, aka success. So if you, if you want to be successful for Christ, now I've just been reading the book of Nehemiah, and in, in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah asked God in his prayer, Lord, grant me success as I talk to my boss, King Artaxerxes, so that he can do what God wants him to do. So surprise is not, um, I mean, uh, success is not bad. God wants you to be successful. So if you want to be successful for the Lord, I want you to type down in the comment box below, if you can, okay? Okay, Mahia, damihan natin yung comment yung live stream natin. All right. So there's this movie, Cities, the entitled City Slickers. So if you, you are familiar with this movie, so most probably you're about the same age as I am. Medyo, you're at the borderline millennials. You may not be a millennial anymore. But according to this, you know, there's a scene in this movie where um, the protagonist, Billy Crystal, has been talking to um, um, one, of the one of the characters there. And he's asking, what is the key to success? And the old man um, said, he said this, and Billy Crystal said, what is that, your finger? Is that the secret to success? And the old man said, no, the one thing. What is the one thing? And he said, it's one thing for, it's the thing for you to find out, right? So there's this Russian proverb which says, if you chase two rabbits, you will not catch either one. It talks about also, again, about the one thing. Focus on the one thing. That's why the principle of the one thing is about having that focus and priority. And if we focus and we put our focus and priority on the one thing, that one thing, once you identified and done as a habit and a lifestyle, will make everything else so easy and unnecessary. Are you following? Let me repeat that again. This principle, the one thing, it's about having that focus 
a priority on that one thing. And once you identify that one thing and it becomes a habit and a lifestyle, everybody say habit and a lifestyle. It will make everything else easy and unnecessary. Most probably you've heard of the Pareto principle. If you have heard this principle in management or in your company, it means you focus on the 20% of your whole responsibility. If you have 100% responsibility, focus on the 20% and the 80% will follow and you will achieve amazing results, all right? Now, this one thing is Paretoing the Pareto, okay? It's taking the 20% of the 20% of the 20% and you end up with the one thing, okay? And you focus on that one thing and everything else will follow. This one thing, take note, this is important. This one thing must be developed as a habit, as a lifestyle. Again, as a habit and a lifestyle. It's like this, it's like a domino principle where one success is built sequentially, it's one thing at a time. So for example, right, the impact or the domino, if you start here, do that one thing, whatever that is. If you want to be, for example, if you want to lose weight, I'm talking to myself now. If I want to lose weight, what is my one thing? I will not eat, all right? And I do that consistently every day. Do you know, there will be an amazing impact or outstanding result and I will be successful, just, just an example. Right, so uh, team, can let us watch this video that our team will be showing right now. Everybody knows about playing with dominoes, but what you may not know is that a domino can knock over another domino, which is about one and a half times larger. So what I have here is a chain of dominoes. Each one is one and a half times larger than the previous one. And the smallest domino, is about five millimeters high and one millimeter thick. And I will carefully place it. And there are 13 dominoes. And the largest domino, it weighs about 100 pounds and is more than a meter tall. Ready? Boom. That was 13 dominoes. If I had 29 dominoes, the last domino would be as tall as the Empire State Building. All right, did you see that? It starts with one small domino, very small. It has tremendous sequential impact. And even that study said, if you continue up till 26 domino, the last one will be as tall as the Empire State Building. But it starts with the one thing. If you, uh, my friend, brothers and sister, what is your goal? What is, what is the one thing that you want to be successful at? If it is your work, what is that one thing? If it is for your family, you know, if I, when I ask many of our singles, a lot of them said that success in them is making their family, their parents proud, making them feel loved, right? So what a wonderful goal. But it should start with the one thing and do it consistently. 
you know, having that focus, making that as a lifestyle, a focus and a priority. You know, let me direct to you a verse in the Bible which talks about having that priority and focus. In Matthew 6, 33, it says here, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. You see, Jesus said, but seek first. My friend, that is a principle of focus and priority. When you put focus on the things of God, what is the promise? And all these things shall be added to you. You know what is the context about all these things? It's about worries. So many of us have been affected by this pandemic. It talks about the worries of life. Let's go back to the passage in Matthew 6, 25 to 27. It says here, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Now, what, did, what is Jesus telling us? That he will provide for all your needs, our needs. What a wonderful, what a wonderful promise, right? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And, um, um, uh, sorry, uh, feeds them. And are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single R to your life? Jesus is telling us that we are valuable to him, that we have value in Christ's eyes. You are valuable. If you're with someone, turn to the person beside you and tell that person you are valuable, right? What else? In verse 28 to 32, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Right? Jesus is telling us, you know what? Do not be insecure. I will not only provide for your needs, but also for your security, for the clothes on your back. You don't have to worry about it. Verse 31, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things. Are you pagans or are you followers of Christ? And your heavenly father knows that you need them. And Jesus reminded us that we are the children of God and he is our heavenly father. We have an identity in Jesus Christ. We are the children of God. You know, it reminds me about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Are you familiar with this? The Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where the most basic need is physiological. The next is safety. And then love, belongingness, esteem, self-actualization is the last. You know what? These are all covered in Matthew chapter 6. In physiological, he will provide for all your needs. Safety. Your security, Matthew 6.30. Love and belongingness. It's your identity in Christ in Matthew 6.32. Your esteem, your value. You are valuable in Christ in Matthew 6.26. You know, according to this passage, if you are pagan, meaning you do not believe in, in God, you know what? Your priority are all these things, physiological, safety, love, esteem. That's why many people 
are so stressed, chasing after all these things. But what Christ is telling us in this passage is that you focus on this, the one thing. You focus having that focus and priority about the things of God. And all these things shall be given to you as well. God is telling us, you know, I'll take care of these things. And then you can focus. You focus on the one thing, right? So what is the one thing? I think that's a good question, right? What is the one thing? The one thing, the one thing, so that we can focus on it. Well, the one thing of Christianity has everything to do with God's purpose for those he saved as revealed in Romans 8, 28 to 29. God's purpose, okay? Do you know what is God's purpose for you? You should always go back to God's purpose. You know, let me tell you a story. When I was in college, um, nakakayang ikwento ito, no? But, uh, um, nagbulak-bulak ko first year, second year. I didn't have a goal when I was in college. And first year, second year, I just went to school, to my university. But I just went there to see my friends. We'd go out. But then come second year, right? I had a crush on one of my teachers, okay? Yo, this is so embarrassing. So I had a crush on one of my teachers. And because I wanted to impress her, you know, I wanted to do well in her subject. And so I did. And I found out that if I just put my focus, my whole energy on one thing, I'll really do very well. And so I really had a high grades in our subject. And I said to myself, why don't I try this with all of my other subjects? And so I did. And so I also excelled in all my other subjects. And I had, you know, I, I had that desire to become a dean's lister when I graduate. And because I wanted to be a dean's lister, I took our handbook, our university handbook, and I looked at the qualifications and I found out because I messed up in my first and second year, I am no longer qualified to be a dean's lister when I graduate. And you know what I learned? If my goal, if my purpose is not clear from the start, I would have, I will miss out on the things that I wanted to do so that I can be successful. Now, it's very important to always go back to the purpose of God. So what is God's purpose? In Romans 8, 28 to 29, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. It says here, God causes all things, all things, not just good, but including the bad things, right? Singles, na breakan kaman ng boyfriend mo, ng girlfriend mo, it's included in that. Whatever is happening now in this pandemic, it's included in all things, right? You know, you know that for one purpose. And what is that purpose? In verse 29, for those whom he foreknew or God saved, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that we would be the firstborn among many brethren. You see, God's purpose for all of us is to be Christ-like. Christ-likeness. Everybody say Christ-likeness, right? That is God's purpose for you. And it's very clear that Christ-likeness is God's purpose. So when you wake up in the morning, 
You should always have in mind to be truly successful, I need to go back to God's purpose for me. And that is to be Christ-like. Focus on that thing. You know why? Because as we become what God purposed us to be, which is to be Christ-like, we become so pleasing to God. Remember what happened when Jesus was baptized by, by his cousin, John the Baptist? Now, the heavens opened and the dove came down and a voice was heard and it says, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Do you know what? If you want to please God, we ought to be Christ-like. We need to be like his son, Jesus Christ. Because when we are Christ-like, God will be so pleased with you and me. God will be with those who are pleasing to him, and he will abide with all Christ-like Christians. And when Christ is with you, right, he will surely cause all things to work together for good in all areas of your lives, be it work. If you have a, having a difficult time with your boss, and when your mindset is to be Christ-like at work, God will cause all things to work together for good. If you're having problem with your relationships with your parents, with your siblings, and if your mindset is to be Christ-like, Jesus will be with you. God will be with you because he is so pleased with you and he will bless you in your relationships. And God will cause things to work together for good so that you will be successful in your relationships. So that's why, you know, Christ-likeness is the purpose and end goal, even for the Apostle Paul for believers. Look at these passages in Galatians 4.18. My children with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. Gal Colossians 1.28. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Everything is about being Christ-like. So my question to us is, do you know what Christ-likeness looks like? Because we have, we've been talking about Christ-likeness. How can I be Christ-like? If Christ-likeness is the end goal and purpose of God for us, what does it look like? You know, the Bible is clear on what Christ-likeness is, right? So some of you may have said, you know, Christ-likeness for me is to be like this, to be like that. By the way, what is Christ-likeness for you? Can you comment below on the video? Let us just see what your answers are. Okay, so, no, there's no wrong answer here. What is Christ-likeness for you? Some of you will say Christ-likeness is about being loving. Christ-likeness is about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Those are all correct. But, you know, let us look at the Bible. Now, in Philippians chapter 2, if you have your Bibles with you, you can open that page. And you know what? There's that title on top of Philippians chapter 2, which says, Be like Christ. You know what? This is now clarifying to us what Christ-likeness looks like, right? So, let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 8. And it says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard my boss 
as more important than myself. Regard my office mate as more important than myself. Regard my mother, my father, my siblings as more important than myself. Regard who else? Your ministry partners, okay, in big as more important than myself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, the attitude of Christ or the mindset of Christ, that is the command. Have this mindset, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, according to this passage, Christ-likeness is to be selfless. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit and to be humble, right? But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. And Jesus modeled Christ-like humility. In verse 6, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Emptied himself? What does that mean? Meaning if you are the head of the ministry or the head of your group, whatever that is, you should empty yourself. Okay, wag mong panghawakan yung position mo. Okay? To me, I'm talking to myself. I am a brother of my younger sibling. Hindi ko sabihin, ako ang kuya mo. Okay? Sumunod ka sa akin. Instead, you know, hindi ko panghahawakan yun. I'm a husband to my wife. Hindi ko panghahawakan. Ako ang hasawa mo. Sumunod ka sa akin. Instead, I should empty myself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Wow. Right? Very selfless and be very humble. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Again, there's the word humility. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Meaning, Christ-likeness is not only humble, selfless, but it's about being obedient even in the most difficult circumstances. Now, let me ask you, is it easy to obey God in the most difficult circumstances? I tell you it's difficult, right? So, it says here, this is Christ-likeness, selfless, humble, and obedient even in the most difficult circumstances. You're obedient to death. So what does Christ-likeness have to do with success? You know, Christ-likeness, okay, when it becomes a habit, again, principle of focus, have making it a habit and a lifestyle by being what? A discipler. Everybody say, discipler, okay? Discipler, how can I, what are you talking about? You see, let me explain to you. In the Great Commission, in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says here, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Wait, Brother John, Brother John. I'm not even leading a small group now. How can I be a discipler? Right? Let, wait lang, wait lang. Let me explain to you. Let's go to verse 20, the job description of a discipler. It says here, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. You see, 
a discipler or someone who makes disciples is not only about having your own physical small group. No, it starts in its very core. It's about teaching obedience to all. Everybody say obedience to all. <gasps> obedience to all. It means, simply means, let me put it simply, it about, it's about application. It did not talk about teaching all the commandments. No, it's not what it said. It talks about obedience to God's commands. Whatever you know now, you obey it. In the marketplace at work, you know what God's commands are for you? You obey it. You apply it. Teaching them to obey all. And you know, in the Motivate series, what is the best way to teach? The best way to teach is to model. Model what? Christ-likeness. You know, teaching them to obey all means to teach by modeling Christ-likeness as a habit and lifestyle. Meaning when you wake up in the morning, the first thing in your mind should be, Lord, how can I be Christ-like? with my family? How can I be Christ-like at work? How can I be Christ-like in my small group? Or how can I model Christ-likeness at work? How can I be more humble, selfless, obedient to all in whatever I'm doing? And do you know what is God's promise? And I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You will experience God's manifest presence. And being God's manifest presence na yan. You know, I'm not talking about God's omnipresence because God is everywhere. Would you agree with me that God is everywhere? He's with us right now, right here. When I talk about the God's manifest presence, it's it's as if you will really experience him. That's why the Bible said, oh, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You will really, as if you could taste him, you could experience him. You'll be so intimate with him. That is the manifest presence of God. You know, to explain this further, right? Moses, in Exodus 33, he was talking to God. God, he said, uh, Lord, um, he's talking about Israelites because the people of Israel have been so disobedient with God. And so God told Moses, in Exodus 33, then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt and go up to the land. I promise an oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out your enemies, the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, all the ites. Verse three, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff necked people and I might destroy you on the way. You know, God is telling Moses, you know, because I'm a promise-keeping God, I will give my promise to you, but I will not go with you. My presence will not be with you because you are stiff-necked. You're not obeying me. And so what did Moses reply? And what did he tell God? Now, I'm so touched with the heart of Moses because this is what he said. Now then, if I have found favor in your sight, in any way, please let me know your way so that I may know you. You know, Moses is all about the presence of God. He wants to experience his presence. Consider too that this nation is your people, verse 14. And he said, God said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Do you know the presence of God gives you rest? Do you want rest? Are you rested during these times or 
Are you nervous? Are you always uh, losing sleep about many things with your work, with your family, with your finances? You need the presence of God. Verse 15, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For when, for how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? The presence of God, okay, will, gives you, will give you God's favor. You will experience the favor of God. Is it not by your going with us that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are on the face of the earth? The presence of God, right? will bless you and you will be distinguished. Imagine that. Do you want the presence of God? Because you will be rested. You will have God's favor and you will be distinguished. That is the promise of God. That is what the presence of God will bring to your life. And let me go back to this in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you focus on the one thing of success, which is to, to be Christ-like, having that presence of God. Because again, when you are Christ-like, God is so pleased with you and his presence will go with you, right? And if you're focused on this, everything else, favor, you will be rested, you will be distinguished and all your needs, God will provide. And so you will be successful. Are you following me? Right? And let me go back again to the Great Commission. I want to connect this because I believe this is the secret to having the presence of God in your life. And when you have the presence of God, you will be successful in every area of your life. Because if you have the presence, the manifest presence of God, what will happen in your work? You'll be successful. Now, I'm not talking about tomorrow you will be promoted. What I'm talking about is God's presence will be with you in such a way that he will guide you every step of the way. How you will talk to your bosses, how you will talk to your suppliers, to your customers. And then you will be so excellent because your mindset is to be Christ-like in your work, in your business. When your mindset is, consider my customers, my suppliers, my bosses as more important than myself. Do you think you will not add value to the people around you? Right? When you're humble, when you consider them as more important than yourself, your family. No. Instead of being proud of your parents, you will, in fact, ask them, Dad, Mom, Mother, Happy Mother's Day, by the way. You ask your mom, Mom, how have I hurt you? And how can I improve as your son and as your daughter? And your parents will say, they will drop on the floor. And they will say, what happened to my child? Right? And then you'll be able to mend those broken relationships because you are humble and you're selfless. Are you following this? Because this is the secret to success. Because God's presence is with you, will be with you when you are Christ-like. When you model Christ-likeness as a habit and a lifestyle. And do you know what will happen? You you, yes, you, will become a winsome witness and you'll become so effective in sharing the gospel and you'll make an impact for the kingdom of God. Are you excited? Okay. So here's my question again. Are we really Christ-like? Are we selfless? Are we humble? Are we obedient? 
even if it's difficult? What are the pride and selfish areas of my life? What are the things that I'm not obeying? Are you following this? You see, even God is so focused on the one thing. Now, if you're here with us for the first time, you have been invited by a friend, and you will say, Ano ba to? First time ko umatend, discipleship na kagad, okay? You know, let me tell you, God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for your life. You know, God is so focused on His purpose, His purpose for you. But it starts with the one thing, and it's having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, God is so focused on the one thing that everything else became so easy for God to give up, to achieve that one thing. It became so easy and unnecessary. You know, for us, it becomes so easy and unnecessary, okay? Probably for to the extreme of being unnecessary, but it became so easy for us. You know what? For God, it's so costly. Because for God so loved the world that he gave his one, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He gave his one and only son, so precious to him. Because Jesus, the one thing of Jesus is you. He came to this world that you may have life and have it abundantly. But it starts with having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me invite you with a prayer. If you're here for the first time, you've been invited by a friend, and you want to have that relationship with Christ, and do you know what? Everything else will follow. Let's pray. Follow this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I want to have a relationship with you. I know now that you have a wonderful plan for me. You have a purpose for my life. I'm not just a cell. I'm not just a person who's living life that is empty. But you have a wonderful plan for me. And you want my life to experience a life of abundance with you part of my life. And so, Father, I confess my need for you. Forgive me for all my sins. I accept your free gift of eternal life. Lord, come into my heart and make me the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody wants to be successful. That's why most people tend to consult books or seek for professional help. But as Christians, we are taught that in order for us to be successful, we need to do the one thing, and that is to be Christ-like. Let us always seek God's guidance that we may model Christ-likeness to the people around us. To help process the message, here are the breakout questions. First, what did you like about the topic on success and why? Second, what did you learn about Jesus? Third, what is the one habit you're going to develop this week to pursue that one thing? Enjoy your breakout singles. See you again next week for our next series, Turning Point. Take care and God bless.